Well, hello everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Game Dev's Quest, your once weekly or once every once in a while game dev podcast following two scrubs. If we can do it, I can too. I can. Heck yeah. If I can do it, I can. I'm Rhett. Rhett, you just need to give yourself encouragement. I'm Taylor. And we are joined with a guest. You guys probably remember him for the last time he was on, or many of you in the GDQ Discord, uh, always participating in Crass Jam and all that sort of thing. Go ahead and say hello. What's up? I'm Krasenstein. Yeah. Thanks for coming back, dude. Hey, we're excited to have you. Man. Uh, Taylor hit me up and said that you wanted to do another episode. I was like, let's do it, man. I forgot how much I enjoyed talking with you. Oh, I appreciate uh, that. Listen to the last episode, man. We had a good time. So It was a lot of fun, yeah. Crass. Have we only had you on one time? Yeah, just for, life, so. for life and death's release, and that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 2018, remember, man. That's so crazy, yeah. It's wild to think that we've been going for, this is like on year four, even wow. though we've only done like one episode this year. Well, and that's um, what's really weird about it is like I remember talking and we were talking about making games and you said, man, well, now I got, and I, I don't remember exactly how old you said your first child was. You're like, you know, now I got a one-year-old or whatever, I got to do this, you know, and, and hopefully it brings in a, a couple extra bucks or whatever. Uh, we were just talking, you know, and if you don't mind me saying so, I can edit this out if you don't like it. But uh, but now you got two kids, which is like, you know, that's how long it's been since we've had you on. So No, it's cool. They get on stream every once in a while, too, so it's fine. Uh, oh, the sweet. first one's four now, man. Yeah, that, that's so crazy. Like, I can't get over how fast it is. Like, when you look at kids, it's like a measurement of time passing. It just makes it seem like death is right around the corner (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude because it's like they grow up so Uh, fast it's ridiculous oh it's awesome though they're so much fun yeah looking back crass you were episode 50 which that by itself 50 episodes felt like a milestone right so it's it's good to have you back man hey i'm happy to be here this is probably my favorite podcast to be a part of so oh thanks man we appreciate that we love having you on Talking. So, uh, what, you yeah, guys just want to jump into it, or you guys want to get caught up a little bit? Like, what's what's been up? Like, life is crazy right now. Life like, is it's insane. Been I don't know, Red. I just eat a lot less. I eat out a lot less now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> Isn't that great? Like, I learned how to cook a couple extra dishes. And I like... learned how to pick food up from restaurants. <laughs> right? Yeah, there you go. Contact. I installed Grubhub. Yeah, lots of Grubhub. Yeah. <laughs> what's funny what's cool is like in, in our town uh lots of restaurants that never did delivery figured out their own delivery process so they don't have to go through grubhub or go through postmates or whatever like they just deliver for you and it's like sweet like money right in their pockets all this like i've discovered some restaurants that i've somehow avoided for like five years that have like dude i found this thai restaurant the other day and every time i drive past it i'm like Hmm, I forgot the Thai restaurant's there. And we ordered delivery, and it's the best Pad Thai I've ever had. Oh, it nice. is so good. Hell yeah, dude. See, we tried like three new Thai restaurants, and none of them are as good as our, our like, your, your staple. I, st- yeah. I still maybe had Thai once, I think. And it probably really? was like 2006. Dude, I had Thai food hmm. catered at, at our wedding. That's yeah, awesome. <laughs> it was good, dude. Yeah. He had that like Thai so iced good. tea stuff. That blew my mind. Yeah. I'd never had that. Oh, wow. Before. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. It's like iced tea and cream, which sounds weird, but it's like really good. I can see how that would work. It could work. Yeah. It's like sweet and creamy and like, oh, I mean, I had so much of it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, uh, so, yes. Yeah. Catch us yeah. up, man. Like, oh, I, I looked you up on Twitch. You're still streaming on Twitch Every like, morning. all the time. You have three and, a, three and a half K subs. Yeah, dude, exactly. It's so crazy. Like, I just love that, like, there's some things in this world that you can depend on even in this crazy time, and you are one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nothing special, man. Nothing at all. Um, let's see. What's happened since then? So Life and Debt came out, and it was interesting. The release was interesting, and it got... A little bit of coverage and it was kind of okay and then uh november that year we had a random spike in german sales 
like eight months later, there was a spike of like a bunch of units in German, and I was like, "What's happened? Why is there German sales?" I was like, "I have no idea what's going on. I don't understand why." Like, there's no YouTube video. There's no this. There's no that. There's no press release. I had a, the guy who translated the game into the German. There's nothing about the game anywhere. Like, I had him look for it. He's like, I was like, he's we have like we have no idea where else all this coverage came from, right? Turns out, I find out like two months ago, a guy comes in my stream and he goes, "Hey, I saw your game on blah blah YouTube channel, and I and I bought the game. I clicked on Dev Stream and I came into your channel. And I was like, well, that's actually really cool that that works. <laughs> but can you link the video? And of course, the video's title is in German. So why would I why would I even think about looking that up? And it has like right. um, one and a half million views. And I went, "Holy crap! Are you nice. kidding? That's crazy, dude! Like, what the wow. hell? It's fantastic!" <laughs> but I was not ready. <laughs> and I was like, "Why well, is all this random feedback and reviews coming in? They're all just all in German." And I'm like, "I, just, I, I can't. I'm not gonna sit here and Google Translate all of this." I don't, yeah. Yeah. Like. Uh. <laughs> That's when you got to set up this like the uh, the macro in like a Excel spreadsheet or whatever, and just copy and paste it all in there, and just let it do its thing. Well, actually, I found a uh, extension on on Chrome for free. That's a uh, you highlight over any kind of text, and it translates it to English for you. Oh, perfect! Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really neat. It's called nice. Transover. I think it's called. Oh, huh. nice. And I imagine with German, that's probably like a little bit of an easier one for like the algorithms to figure out, you know, because it's like. I know a lot of those like Germanic languages or like Northern European languages do tend to have an easier time, even with like Google Translate, you know. So, well, I stopped using Google Translate because it's garbage. Yeah, well, <laughs> most of the time, most of the time, I use DeepL Translate now, which is machine learning. Oh, oh there you go. Cool. It's figured out slang and it figures out everything. So, and then if there's something wrong and somebody knows the translation, they fix it so it learns itself. It's really neat. What's that called? Uh... DeepL Translate. DeepL.com. Deep like deep and then L is in llama. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Are you using that for uh, translations for your games? Uh, I used it for Spanish for Chronicle. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I used it for Spanish and Italian for Chronicle. And literally, like, you translate it and translate it back to English, and it's perfect. And I'm like, oh. Oh, wow. I'm like, either That's it's awesome. remembering what I'm typing or. <laughs> yeah. So I guess after that, uh... after that uh, 2019, we put no games out. We just did a bunch of updates. Worked on a game called Battalia for a little bit. Which was a pretty cool card game, um, kind of. It's on hiatus right now, um, but nothing really happened except for I remade Nightfall from the ground up. Was I? I mean, it was the first game I ever worked on. It was kind of spaghetti. So is that update out on Steam? That, now? Yeah, that's up. Uh, it's, oh, cool. it's basically the back to where it was, but better, and Got feels cool. better. Just everything about it feels better. Um, nice. And then November came around, and I. St- wanted to make a new tutorial for YouTube, so I was like, let's make a space shooter. Why not? Right? And I was like, I really don't have the art for it, so I put, like, these terrible-looking ships in with really ugly ships, and after, like, a week or... Like, like five days of work, it looked pretty cool, and a random guy walks uh, come, walks into my stream. Right, like, you know, <laughs> at some random establishment somewhere. Um, random guy comes in my stream, he goes, hey, this is pretty cool-looking, what are you doing? I was like, it's a tutorial, and he goes, do you need art? I'm like, well, that's a stupid question. <laughs> How did you know, bro? I was like, you you must be an artist. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was a guy from from Toronto. Toronto? Yeah. And um, we linked up, and after about a week of it, or after we had a a couple ships in and prototype and everything, we're like, this game's a little too fun to be a tutorial. So then (laughs) we started working on it, and we released it early access on March 16th. Of twenty nine, uh, what what year is it? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. So see, what's funny is I was paying attention to your development on that, and like that wasn't that long ago. Right. <laughs> and since then, I'm like, whoa, Crass is doing more stuff. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> and then since Chronicle happened, it's been crazy. Um, there's been a lot of support behind Chronicle, a lot of feedback. It's been a really really nice release, and and it's been a lot of fun. Um, we've been putting out weekly updates for it every Friday because it's in early access. Wow. So it's a ro- it's a roguelike. So you're able to, um, you know, basically play the game over and over again. There's a little bit of randomness to it, a little bit of procedural generation to it. Um, nice. A bunch of different bosses and enemy types and all that stuff. And a 300 node per- uh, perk tree, like kind of like Final Fantasy. Oh wow, nice. It's like yeah, 
Yeah, the sphere grid was a uh, was a reference to it. So, and then um, it just everything just kind of exploded, right? We started working on other ideas and did a couple jam games, and um, then out of the blue, randomly, a guy who's was who's been in my stream for a while. I'm gonna I'm sure he doesn't mind if I drop his name in here. His name's Cody K O T I E, and he's been in my stream for a long time. And uh, he was in summer of university over in England. And he's like, hey, are you looking for any help for, like, internships or anything this, you know, this summer? I was like, be kind of cool to have an intern for Static City Games. Why not? Yeah. So, I, yeah. so I, you know, I had him do a resume. We did an interview. And, you know, you got you to gotta do it the real way, right? <laughs> of course, yeah. You can't, just, you can't just be like, hey, man, yeah, you're good. Yeah. And, uh, no, yeah. So, <laughs> so everything worked out. And, uh, and I started him... As a prototype gameplay programmer, um, the the beginning of June. So he's working on a game separate from Chronicle. That's a coffee shop simulator game. Oh, cool! So it's a it's a cross between Animal Crossing I and Stardew Valley. Yeah, I think I saw you tweeting about that the other day. Uh, yeah, I see. I see the updates too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, he's got he's, he's got a lot done in two week, in in two months. I'm basically just advising the game. I believe in giving people a lot of creative freedom when they work with me. So because of that, I go, hey, this is the direction we should maybe go, but I want you to figure it out. Nice. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I think I, I used to get a lot more like game dev updates from all of our friends and stuff on, on Twitter, but. I think like since 2020. Portland. <laughs> <laughs> Portland's been interesting recently. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Like the Portland protests have like basically consumed my Twitter feed over the last like 58, 59 days now. So well, it's like, yeah, that's kind of what almost it's been. two months exactly. So. <laughs> There's a lot of crazy shit going on. Yeah, you're right. Oh, dude, it's it's wild. Yeah. So then, I. Uh, was in my channel working on, I think, an update for Chronicle, and Anecdope comes to my channel frequently. Antic and I are good buddies. Uh, he worked on some stuff for Life and Debt. He did all the achievements for Life and Debt, um, for all the art. He did one of the scratch cards in the game. Um, so I've worked with him in the past before. I know he's fantastic at what he does, right? Yeah. And uh, he goes, I go, what are you up to? He goes, I'm not working on enough games. I said, I can fix that. <laughs> <laughs> So I messaged him, and we just re- we just released a teaser recently about a game called Hellbarian, which is a 2D Souls-like, well, a Souls almost, I guess, because it's a dark, it's a Souls-like style game with roguelike atmospheric stuff in it as well, um, with permadeath and all, all that, uh, and um, it's uh, it's crazy. He's the he's the dedicated artist on the game, and uh, oh, he's great. part of the team. Dude, yeah, he's a great artist. I love all of his work. I feel so bad. Like, my relationship with Anecdope, like, we've worked on lots of stuff together, and I always bail on him. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I was thinking that the I, other day. I was, like, I've meaning done... to hit him up for, like, see if he wanted to help me out with something. I was like, man, <laughs> like, me and Taylor bailed on him so many times. I don't know if I could reach out, like, in good faith, you know? Like, Well, he's just... <laughs> He's just so active and he's always such a good guy, though. Art stuff, yeah. yeah. Dude, we got to uh, do a podcast with uh, both of you on at the same time. Oh, definitely. That, that would, would be fun, fun. especially when Hellberry yeah, yeah. gets closer to like a like a beta release or some kind of thing like yeah, that. That'd be, be awesome. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll talk so, about that. That'd be fun. That's going to be a pretty big game. We're we're really excited for what we're doing with that. It's basically, the theme, the idea, the original idea was a barbarian gets struck down by his by a rival in an arena, right? And he gets sent to heaven. But the paperwork gets messed up, so he gets sent to hell instead. And <laughs> and then he has to fight through the levels of hell to go back and fight the barbarian and and try to awesome. try to face his fears, basically, right? Um, yeah. Now instead, he's uh, it's like a like an anti morality style game where he doesn't realize that he actually is part of the demons, like part of the leader of the demons of hell kind of thing, like part of that actual board of people. So he's yeah. fighting through hell because God told him that he has to go, yada 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 right. So he's actually going through the li- different layers of hell and and we have like each each of Dante Inferno's circles of hell as like an overarching theme. Nice. Um, 
so then there's these huge bosses, and it's going to be Souls-like, so you can transfer, tra- like travel between different layers whenever you want, and should be kind of disgusting because it's, it opens up to a lot of interpretation, and antic stuff is wild. Oh, oh yeah. dude, yeah. <laughs> What's funny? What's funny is I saw, I think, your first tweet. You had something where you're like introducing, you know, and I saw the artwork, and I was like, that looks really familiar style like <laughs> is that i was like you didn't tag anecdote on the first tweet i think you did on the, like a reply and i was like that has to be anecdote right and then i see it oh it is so <laughs> i was like yeah i'm really excited yeah. to have him on the game it's gonna be it's gonna be really awesome because he's he's already put out so much great stuff and the character looks fantastic and how everything moves and i worked on yeah. it today on stream actually and it was it turned out great nice. um so then while I, we, were, we were talking about prototyping that, somebody who I... I used to work an office manager job that I left in February. Right around the same time the Chronicle was about to release. Um, basically, it was in a bad situation and needed to get out of something that was just terrible. Basically, right? Um, and I interviewed her as a interior design intern for this, for this home remodeling company. Right, but found out that she lives 45 minutes from me and goes to a, co- a college in Philadelphia. And I was like, okay, cool. And um, but she, I found out that she's going for game design, so I added her to oh, my wow. di- so, so I added her to my Discord. I was like, hey, here's my Discord link if you want to join it. Cool, no big deal, right? Then she messages me out of the blue a few weeks, four weeks ago. And goes, hey, uh, I'm working on my portfolio. Would you mind taking a look? Because she knows that I own Static City Games and. You know, she wants to get an, an opinion of somebody who actually is in the in the industry doing stuff, right? And I was like, well, hold on a second. You seem like you need a little bit of experience now that you're out of college. How about an internship? So, <laughs> now we have two interns. Nice. She's, she's the dedicated concept artist and UI artist. Oh, that's cool. So she's doing concept art for Halbarian and writing lore and doing world building. Oh, that's and, great. Oh, it's cool, man. She's awesome. She's fantastic. Um... I don't know. I I could drop her name. Her name's Distal on if you ever see her in my stream or anything like that. But she's she's gotcha. really she's fantastic. She's doing a lot of stuff for the coffee game too. She helped with a game that I'm about to talk about that came out in two weeks ago. Uh, she, helped with, <laughs> she helped with level design on that. She's she's nice. been vital to this company. It's been amazing. Uh, I'm really thankful to have her there. And then <laughs> it just doesn't end, right? It's just nonstop games. This this is the best. Yeah, don't. Yeah, don't be embarrassed about it the craziest thing that happened was I had a dream uh, yeah this is Martin Luther King style we're going straight Martin Luther King <laughs> like, Ju- like June 30th right I had a dream where I completely prototyped coded, polished and published a game on itch.io and game jolt in 14 days like full out like watch myself make the entire game so I made the game <laughs> so, I start, so I actually started working on the game the next day I'm like I have to work on this game yeah 14 days later it came out on itch.io and game job uh, amazing so it's and it, the entire time straight di- like everything deja vu the entire time I'm like I typed That's this weird. I coded this I made this uh, this this player character I made this enemy <laughs> like I've done I did all of this except for it didn't sell like it did in my dream <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you gotta give it's, it time. It's still, it's crazy, still selling, but it didn't sell like it. You know, it was, yeah. you know, it was a commercial success in my dream. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's been out for really, two weeks, yeah. right? You got time. That's true. It's been out for two weeks, and it has a fully functional map editor now. It's a survival puzzle game called Stop Drop. Stop Drop, and it's on itch. No, it's on itch.io for two bucks, and oh, Gamejolt for two bucks. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you can get it wherever you want. DRM free. Um, it's a so basically it's a game where when it's like almost like super hot style where nothing moves until right. you move and yeah. when you move in the game all enemies move as well and everybody who moves takes damage so you have to be the last oh, okay. one alive and find the exit so you have to nice. out you have to basically outplay enemies get them to move when you're not moving and th- yeah. there's different tiles that do different things and yeah so it's interesting because the last game that I made was you have sort of an isometric view, but I just have like this top-down view. Um, but it was like that exact style where when you move, the enemies move. 
And I actually found it kind of tricky to, um, there's like certain moves that you can make that end up like locking you into a specific formation and then you can't really like get out of it. So I was curious, um, what were some of like the, the, well, like, did you use any algorithms for how the, the enemies find the player? Uh, is it a star it's literally or? just, I mean, the, so a game like this needs to have enemies that you can predict what's going to happen. Right. Right. It can't be like, oh yeah, the, you're going to move right. Maybe the enemy might move right as well. Right. Cause yeah. the enemy needs to close in on you to try to, their job is to cut you off and corner yeah. you. So you lose because if you can't make any moves at all, you lose. Right. So it has to have a predictability to it. So instead of it being like a straight pathfinding thing, it's. Is it to is the enemy to the right of the player? We'll move to the right. Is the enemy okay, to the south gotcha. of the player? We'll move to the north. Okay. I wonder if that actually solves some of the issues that I was running into. Yeah, we, it's it's literally it's a very simple AI, but at the same time, it's is there a directional tile next to the, next to the enemy? Well, he probably shouldn't walk onto the wrong direction directional tile. Yeah. So like, there's a <laughs> bunch of edge cases that exist, which is really frustrating. Um, and that became the last two days of development was basically. This isn't working. Uh, why is this guy doing this? Why is he moving off into space? What is going on here? He's not even on a walkable tile. How's this happening? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks super fun, though. I like games that have just like simple, simple rules to follow, but they're sort of hard yeah. to to master the gameplay mechanics. You know? Yeah. The the role the idea was to make the game as minimalistic as possible and be able to teach the players through playing instead of through words. Yeah. Yeah, that's and that's something I always appreciate because, like, you know, I've talked about it a hundred times, but I can't count the number of times anymore where I start a game and it's dropping walls of text on me for a tutorial, and I'm like, "Yeah, no, here <laughs> we go, exit out, go back to a game I know." It really only works in strategy games and simulation games. Well, it's like yeah. you know, I, yeah, it's like how long did I own Crusader Kings two before I finally buckled down and actually started like reading the damn like windows of text to like figure out what was going on, and even then, it's like Jesus. Crusader Kings but, is a crazy game, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah all, of, all of those Paradox games are. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't realize... They just had a bundle, too. Yeah, they did. They did, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I you know, I always use Crusader Kings as an example, though, because it's one that sat in my in my Steam library for, like, two years. Yeah, it's And still it turned out to be one of my favorite games ever, but it couldn't get past... It's like, oh, God, blocks of text, this is what I want it back to Dota 2, you know? Right. Um, you know... Dota 2, another weird one. There's no freaking tutorial in that game, but you figure it out, I guess, and then you... I never hooked. played Dota. I, I was one of those uh, League of Legends ad- adapters back, back in... Like, well, see, League, back in League was like a good little... It kind of got True. got your whistle wet, as it were, when you know, played Dota 1. You're like, man, I wish there was more games like this, and then League of Legends came out, and it was a freaking huge hit, and I remember playing a little bit of it. Didn't quite capture my imagination the same way Dota did, and then when Dota 2 came out, it's just like I was like, ah, this is what I missed. <laughs> Take them back, you know. Not that League is ever bad. I'm not one of those guys that will ever try to tell you like, oh, League sucks because it doesn't. It's an amazing game. No, it's yeah, great. Yeah, they did an amazing job on it. I just preferred the small gameplay decisions that change that that made the difference in Dota 2. You know, so right. So. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I was I tried playing Dota and I couldn't get over the uh, eight second stun locks and. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's huge, man. There's so the, much of that. But you stuff, can't move you know? for 21 seconds and. Uh, oh yeah. god, yeah, it adds up, it's but it changes punishing. the way you play the game. You know, Done. you figure it out. Like, yeah, it's super punishing. That's that's the exact way. Like, the rubber band is a little bit more like real in League, which makes more interesting gameplay at all levels. By a perspective, basically. Uh, Right, exactly. Whereas in Dota, you can kind of tell where the game's going to go in the first 15 minutes. You know, okay, this is over. <laughs> you know, turn it off and start the next one, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, you know, either way, point, point of that being that that uh, I just bought Stop Drop, so I'm, in, I'm looking forward to playing a game without a tutorial <laughs> just window. Just play it on podcast. <laughs> yeah, anyway, peace out, dudes. Uh, I wouldn't put it past Red either. Hey guys, I really did have to stop to play Stop Drop. Uh, No, just kidding. Uh, Due to some technical errors that uh, y'all have been hearing in this episode, we lost about five minutes here. So buckle up. We going in the future machine.
We back. Do you mind asking, like, you know, unfortunately, I don't know this because, uh, you know, where my where my focus is when I'm online and on social media and stuff like that. But you still rocking a day job or is that long gone or? Uh, no, I am full time in develop uh, full time developer. Uh, full-time business owner, full-time developer. My wife actually is also a Twitch streamer as well. Um, yeah. And her stream has become absolutely, for lack of a better words, um, insane. Yeah. And they're extremely supportive of her and everything with what she does. So uh, we've been able to be both stay at home and not have to worry about anything, which is fantastic. And now we're extremely, yeah, yeah, yeah. extremely grateful to everybody who's been there and supported us and everything it's just you know it's it's literally crazy that i've been able to kind of just pursue yeah. a dream of mine and be able to do the stuff i want to do and you know well i mean yeah absolutely obvi- like obviously it's due to your dedication and just you know like look at yeah, look yeah. at Rhett and i like we we hit gdq like really hard for like two years and now we're sort of like fizzling we're still there we still want to be a part of the scene we still want to make games we still want to help people make games, whatever. But like in this last year where we've produced like five episodes no, or something. Yeah. You guys have been busy too, right? There's, like, there's stuff well, going on now. So Yeah, but probably not any more busy yeah. than you with two kids and you know. Right. Well, I believe that that anybody has time to make things work, right? That's what it really comes down yeah. to is that there's you know I mean I a thing that I go by a lot and it's a, this is something that a lot of people choose to argue against because of health reasons or whatever is I believe the sleep is for the dead in the week. So <laughs> <laughs> like literally I, like, I think I had a conversation about it today on stream someone was like man you need some rest or no it was anecdote it was like man you need some rest I'm like I don't need rest. I said honestly I'm <laughs> most I'm least productive when I'm sleeping right. and it kills me and if, if there was a way well, for me to stay awake like, and some people like they catch that like creative bug or that muse like when they're in that like sort of twilight you know it's like how i've always been and it's been a real hard part for me to like figure out how to navigate my adult life of like getting proper sleep and all this is like all my best stuff and all the all of my interests and all these things were like sharpened when i was up when i shouldn't have been and <laughs> when i was wasting time when i should have been sleeping when i was working on some something when I had to be up in the morning, I used to screen write movies and, when I, at five o'clock in the morning instead of doing game dev before I before I even wanted to do game dev. Right, right, exactly. So like because exactly. it's the best for some reason for me the morning is the best time for me to get stuff done. I don't know if yeah, it's, it's, right. I doubt it's because people are people are asleep and I have time to myself because I talk the entire time to people on the internet anyway. So right. it's probably just that I'm more attentive in the morning because at night yeah. I'd rather just play games and just hang out. I don't right, do yeah. I don't do game dev at night. Yeah. Well, well and, and that's the thing too. It's, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I think you identified why I've I've fizzled here, Crass, because I've been sleeping nine hours a night. <laughs> well, that is not a shot at you yeah. by any means, Taylor. Taylor, no, I know. but you know this is. I'm this actually is like I'm on up. the opposite side. Yeah. Go ahead, Rhett. Okay, me and me and Taylor talk about this all the time. It's like. You know, Taylor gets adequate sleep, but then he has a tendency of like going and like straight up burning himself out. You know, like. It, we talked about this in the discord like not that long ago you know and and, and taylor to me is like a case study in this because <laughs> we used to play games and it's like well it's like 10 o'clock guys i better go to sleep and it's like man he gets his nine hours in he gets up goes to work and does all this but then when it comes to working on some personal project like he just doesn't know when to like catch his breath or whatever and it depends on how a person like recharges or doesn't recharge and i can imagine that like you with your work with your the sheer amount of productivity you have like you're probably the type of person that gets a lot of like rejuvenation, like from putting a project out and like having that phase. I recharge by talking to people. I'm right. an outgoing person in an introverted right. industry. <laughs> See, and I think like Taylor and I, Taylor and I, you probably used to be much the same way in that. But as we get older, like I don't know about I don't know about you, Taylor. I'm just projecting. So like, feel free to jump in on this. But like. Who I, who I was seven years ago, like, I, I would, man, talking to people and doing all this sort of stuff and getting out there and interacting, it's like, I felt so amazing afterwards. But, like, dude, now, after one conversation, like, when we're done today, like, this this is it for me, you know? Like, having this conversation <laughs> with you and being able to, like, navigate this conversation with you in front of people, even though it's not, like, I can edit it however I want. Like, like I'm emotionally tapped out. 
and something happened between between me now and me seven years ago that like having these having interactions with people talking with people or being out in the public like it drains me it just like drains my batteries and i gotta just like withdraw you know um and it's not the best thing it's like you know um i I, it's weird because uh it's like hit or miss it's like when i went up to uh seattle for for pax and i got to go up there and like you know, BS with the, the butterscotch guys, uh, butterscotch shenanigans before we got them on the podcast and everything. I love BS. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're awesome. We yeah, had them on incredible. one time, by the way. Yeah. And like, I had hit them up and, and asked them if they wanted to do the podcast and they said, man, that'd be amazing. And then they said that they were going to PAX and I was like, I'm going to be at PAX. You guys want to like, you know, meet up and do all this? Like something about all that, like I felt great the whole time. But then the next time I went to a convention like that, I, I couldn't. Oh man, it was like we had our first appointment with somebody to talk with them at like nine o'clock, and I was like, ten o'clock, I'm done. I, d- I, could, I didn't have it anymore. I don't know. Oh, it's so weird. It's like so hit or miss. It's yeah, not who I am necessarily, but for me, uh, I think it's all like related to anxiety and buildup. I I get really drained by anticipation. Like <laughs> like when I have an interview, I dread it. Especially like the previous 24 hours, I am like so nervous. But as soon as I start talking for like three to five minutes in the interview, that all goes away and I'm fine. Right. Yeah, you hit that like podcaster muscles, you know? It's called fear of the unknown. Oh, totally. And I I had that growing up. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to be involved in anything. Like as a kid, I was like, I was the, oh, I'm going to stay inside play Halo. You guys go outside play football. I don't want to get hurt. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right but i would still go out and play football but i'd be like i'm not going to and they'd be like oh come on come on crass you can do it because they yeah, for some yeah. reason called me crass even before i used that my last name really? on the internet oh, i don't awesome. even know <laughs> i couldn't tell you i don't know it just happened it was a thing so yeah yeah I, but see it's kind of interesting because like i feel like it, it, it's something in game dev that we see a lot with the with the devs that are a lot more present and interactive on social media is it's like you can see how we all like run the gamut you know and you seem to be one that's like much more extroverted and all this stuff like dude i haven't spoken word with you since the last time we had it's like i jumped on and you're like dude what's up it's been forever like congrats (laughs) on your life changes all this sort of stuff i'm like you know it feels like really good to like be able to right (laughs) yeah we don't we don't talk enough that's for sure man we just don't Uh, yeah but then there's other people, you know, it's like on the on the inverse, it's like one person I look at for like a lot of self-care stuff is like Alana Lanier. Um, you know, she's a lot more like, all right, guys, like, hey, whatever you got done today, like you did your best. Take a drink of water and relax. It's like, ah, thank you. I needed this like <laughs> approval from somebody. Well, you that's know? actually a thing that I, I guess not vibe on, but like an ideology that I believe in is called the 1% rule. Where even if you were to do 1% of your productivity that day, you still made progress to move forward. Right. So it's still it's, – it's doing the 1%, even though it didn't feel like a lot, it'll compound over time versus not picking up – you know, not opening Unity or not opening up the Pixel, a Pixel yeah, art program yeah. or not opening up a sound program. You know, Doing the 1% rule yeah. always moves you forward because when you look back at it, you go, even though I didn't feel like doing it that day, I still did it. Right. Because it's the same thing with going to the gym, right? Same thing with going to the gym. If you don't go to the gym, the next day you go, oh, I didn't go yesterday. I don't really feel like going today. The second you go to the gym, you feel fantastic. You can't wait to go again tomorrow. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly how. It's just, it's, it's, it's a mindset thing. It's 100% a mindset thing. Yeah. They say that in the writing in the writing scene a lot. It's like, if you, you know, everybody always puts an emphasis on like, how many words can you write in a day or whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, everybody wants to write like 10, 20 pages a day, but... If you write one page a day, at the end of the year, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a 365 page book, which is a pretty good sized book yeah. by normal metrics. Forty eight you know? point font. And everybody, <laughs> right? Exactly. You know, and everybody just dreads. <laughs> they just dread like putting in the work or figuring it out, or they think they're not doing enough or whatever. And, and and you know, and maybe I'm projecting again, Taylor, but it feels like that's the spiral that you find yourself in often. You're like, man, I'm just not living up to these like standards that I set for myself that are you know in my eyes yeah uh, you you have pretty rigid standards that uh that um you know i don't think they necessarily set you up for failure but they but it, it, it becomes hard to like meet them every single day 
you know, yeah, especially if you exhausting. are sick or you're tired or yeah, man, you know. I think so, uh, over like the quarantine, I've I don't know, I've learned a lot about myself and I've started to sort of just take a step back and focus on myself, my happiness. I stopped um, actually making daily goals. Did you? I don't nice. do daily goals anymore. Daily goals used to be yeah. an important thing. Yeah. Right? You, everyone, everybody who's successful was like, make daily goal for yourself. Stretch yourself to hit the goal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've talked about this on the podcast. That 1% rule changed yeah. that yeah. for me. I don't have daily goals anymore. I have progress. I guess progress review things now instead. Where I yeah. go, I go, wow, look what I did over the month of June. Look what I did over the month of July. I put a freaking game out in July. But I put a game out in March. I didn't think I was going to do that. Like, I mean, it's like one of those things where like, the only the only reason I set a deadline for 14 days from that from the start of Stop Drop is because I dreamed that I set a deadline of 14 days from the start of Stop Drop, right? Like, I mean, that's just kind of how it happened. When we released Chronicle in March, it wasn't like, "Hey, when do you want to release the game?" When we started working on it in, in October, it wasn't like, "Let's do March." Right. It was like we're in February. We're like, "Hmm, we should probably push for March," you know. <laughs> and then we and then we were going to do March 2nd, and we didn't hit that date. The trailer wasn't done. There wasn't enough content in the game. So we pushed it two weeks. It came out March 16th. So, like, I mean, I'm, honestly, daily goals are good, but how attainable are they if you shoot them too high and you really don't know what you're capable of? Right. Right. I think daily goals is just, like, it's, like, one metric. And nobody nobody quantifies their success by one metric. Right. You know what I mean? It's like going into Halo and going, yeah, man, I killed a thousand enemies today. I did a great job in Halo. And you're like, did you beat the game? And they're like, no, but I killed a thousand enemies on one level. You only played one level? How many times did you die? I don't know, like 80? So you didn't do well. No, I killed a thousand enemies, man. It's like the same kind of thing. You know? (laughs) How many bullets did you shoot? How many things did you do? Like all the, yeah, exactly. Did you move checkpoints? Because that's really the important thing is, your daily goal should now instead become player character complete can be a goal. Doesn't matter how long it takes to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's why I like I look back at my time uh, for when I was the most productive at game dev, and it was when I was streaming. And that's because I streamed yeah. four days a week. And but I think going back to your point about just having the one percent goal, it's like some days I didn't do hardly anything on stream. I just like dinked around, you know, tried out. But it felt it felt good. I uh, kept the consistency, and even if I didn't do much, I still hit that one percent. So I think I think a lot of it is that uh, dedication, yeah. and like you said, like you do six hours a day. Um, well, well, if 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 I hit six hours a day, I I don't let myself go past six hours a day. There are times oh, where I wake okay. up for my stream. I wake up at seven, and I'm done at eight thirty. And maybe I work a little bit during the day, and I work for another hour at night, and I put maybe maybe three hours of work in that day. And then this morning I woke up at five, so I streamed for four hours. But it's Sunday, so I didn't really feel like working anymore, so I spent the day with the kids. But I put four hours into games. That's how Stephen King writes. That's how, like, C. Robert Cargill writes movies and stuff. Like, they say, I'm never going to go past this. But then they have all this time to sit there and get as much as they want done. And they sit down and they go, man, I don't, I don't feel like doing anything. And do, 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 do. Oh, okay. And then they find their stride. And then six hours later, it's like, oh, shit, look at all this stuff I got done. I didn't even feel like working. Actually, <laughs> like, I've actually embodied that kind of style in Static City Games as well. Right? Both interns, um, how they work for their schedules. I don't have like a set amount of hours you work. Right? It's not like, hey, man, because they're both part-time interns, so it's not like, hey, man, I want you to work 40 hours a week. It's actually proven, and you can look this up. This is a proven, the proven thing. If you work an eight-hour day at a job, you will put in two hours of work. Yeah. It's 15 minutes of work per hour. The other 45 is getting interrupted by coworkers, your boss because they don't know what you're doing, um, going, to, going to get water, going to the bathroom, getting a snack, staring off at the ceiling, counting the amount of tiles on the ground, like, <laughs> oh yeah. Like, and that's the other forty-five minutes. So I go, hey, give me a minimum of three hours of work a day. Is that much to ask? They go, no. They, 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 we use we use toggle for time tracking, and literally, okay. it's always the. I've never seen a game prototype like this coffee shop game 
come to fruition so fast over two months. And it's big. It's a big game. We're talking 10, 10, 11 villagers in the game. Full out coffee shop customizable. You buy stuff. It gets sent to there. All the characters have birthdays. There's relationships. There's this. There's that. Right? Like you can you can give people gifts. It's, it's literally Stardew Valley plus Animal Crossing as a weird, weird love baby. That's awesome. <laughs> um, um, I was going to ask you, Crass, because you reminded me of a book I read called Deep Work. Have you ever read that? <laughs> I've read about 50 oh, self-help, self-help books, but I have not. Okay. You probably, you probably got the gist of it, but um, yeah, like your philosophy seems to resonate a lot with what they talk about in Deep Work. Um, talking about the two hours of work you actually get done in a day. Um, with Deep Work, it's all about finding flow and i think that for me that's something that like when my life feels fulfilling it's because that day i hit flow for several hours right definitely. and so if you're asking for three hours of undivided attention you're asking for three hours of flow and if you're in for three hours of flow you're gonna make so much progress but i'm not asking for undivided attention i'm asking for three hours during the day so i have one intern who she'll work for a half hour and do a concept art of a character for the coffee game, and then she'll go get lunch. And then she'll do another hour on Helbarian, and then she'll do some lore writing for the coffee game. And then she'll maybe do, she'll test stop drop for a little bit. I require you to play X amount of hours of games a week as part of work. Oh, that's cool. It's called game, it's called game research. It's important that you play games yeah. as a developer to become a better developer. Totally. So, and a lot of, a lot of developers don't understand that. They don't understand that they need to be playing games to become better at what their end goal is for what they want to do. Totally. That's the phase that I'm really working on for the last several weeks. Like. <laughs> I work on that phase a lot, too. Yeah. <laughs> One of these days, I'll move out of that phase and get back into dev. I but, surprisingly uh, have been, too, but I've been solely playing Pillars of Eternity, so... Oh, I love Obs- everything from Obsidian Entertainment, man. is just so so freaking wonderful. It's that so company good. is so great. And then the I'm new game, did you see Avowed? Did you see the trailer for that? I did It not. looks incredible, yeah. Oh my god, it's so good. It's literally Skyrim plus D&D. Yeah. Oh, wow. It, it, it's, basically, it's basically like Obsidian's answer... You know, we've seen Obsidian's kind of answer to like Fallout and stuff like that. This is Obsidian's sort they of did answer New Vegas. To, to Skyrim, right? Yeah, they did New Vegas and they did Outer Worlds, which was also awesome. Right, exactly. So this is that, but to Skyrim. Yeah, all completely first person still with magic. It looks freaking amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love. I watched the uh, documentary they, they they did about Pillars of Eternity, and it was. Just it's just so eye opening for that company because they were going to go bankrupt and they were in a terrible spot and and then yeah. they hit, they had like it, the second highest Kickstarter ever. Yeah, I think that they uh, they have one of those stories in Blood Sweat and Pixels, right? Like, uh, which is it's it well it's a book and if you uh, if you ever want to read it it's really good. It kind of just talks about a couple game dev stories. I think like. Um, Halo, uh, like Halo Wars is in there, right? Um, or whatever that game's called. Halo Wars. Um, Pillars of Eternity, Stardew Valley. Valley. Eric Barone's, the um, Eric Barone story is, is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, it's, right. it's the What he right. went through and how many times he remade that game just to make it how it is. And oh, then yeah. he got picked up by Chucklefish. He's amazing. Yeah, and I always, I'm always careful when I talk to people about Eric Barone because it's like, he did everything right and everything wrong. He did a lot wrong. And he did everything in between. And then he also like hit the jackpot. And that's yeah. not, I'm not trying to detract anything from him because he like worked really hard on it and did all this sort of stuff. But like he did everything and hit the jackpot. <laughs> and it's like he became a, he became a millionaire overnight. He did he did an like, amazing he job. And game, his game is absolutely wonderful. His- and then when you have the money when you have the money that that he has, you can use it to bless people. Yeah, that exactly. that need to be blessed. He didn't do any of the multiplayer by himself. He gave it to a company that was hurting and went, hey, I'll pay you to make multiplayer for Stardew Valley. 
That's cool. Well, and I think he even talks about that in Blood, Sweat, and Pixels. He's like, man, I put all this work into it. The amount of anxiety, the amount of stress that's just now like ravaged my mind and body. He goes, I don't want to think about Surdy Valley for a little bit. <laughs> and that's why he kind of – like Chucklefish was like, yo, we know these dudes that could do this for you. Like you want to go that route? And he's like, let's go that route, you know. Uh, and so it's, it's one of those hard things because it's like, man, he did he did everything right. For sure. He's like the indie dream. Minus like the also, ignoring his family and that kind of stuff and working right. 15 and hour days and all like that the stuff. The hard part of the story for me is like how much weight his like girlfriend carried. You know, oh it's my like God. nobody should ever expect a significant other or a partner in their life to like carry them that long. Like yeah. he's very like he's very lucky and fortunate that he is able to like forge relationships in which that is like a possibility. Right. Like, clearly he must be like a great person. I'm not trying to take any of that away from him, you know? Um, and clearly very talented and driven and all this sort of stuff. He went through his like crucible of self doubt and, and probably self loathing and all these sorts of things. And he came out on top. Yeah. He's awesome, man. Um, you know, but I think I talked about this with like the B scotch guys when I met him at PAX, it's like, you know, and not specifically Eric Brown, but there's a lot of people where it's like, um, sometimes you listen to people and you and they talk about their success, and it's like, well, you just got to do what I did. You you got to go to the convenience store and buy a lottery ticket. And to them, it seems so that's not obvious how it works. that that's how you do it, right? Yeah. You know, the, their story is the same as all the losers. They bought a lottery ticket and they got lucky. You know, and I'm not saying Eric Brown is that way. I'm not again. I'm not trying to distract from it. There is obviously luck, and and there is a portion of like, uh, of of readiness and right. all of this thing where it like met luck in the perfect storm. You know, I think Oprah talks about that a lot, where it's like, you know, Oprah says like, yeah, I was lucky, but also I was prepared to seize my opportunities. Eric Rowan was that way, um, and um, and all that sort of thing. But you know, there's a lot of people where it's like, I'm always careful how I tell their stories. Cause like, dude, I love Stardew Valley. I'm playing it. Like I played on my switch every single day. I put, I probably put like 200 hours in on my steam account before I bought it on, on switch. And I put in like another 400 hours on switch. Um, the music's incredible. The art's incredible. And to think that it came from one guy, dude, for sure. Like what, it, like he is a living embodiment of the dream, but like, people got to be careful. Like it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of dedication and it takes a support team of those around us to like carry us when we're not feeling the best or we're weak and all that. Um, the hardest part is detracting your emotions out of your job. Right. Or out of your career or out of something you pour time into. Right. Right. The yeah. second you pull emotion out of that and it doesn't matter if you had a crappy day and you can still work on your game and it doesn't matter if you got a right. bad review or it doesn't matter if you had a fight that day and you don't want to work on your game when that, when that doesn't matter anymore there's literally nothing holding you back from making games yeah Dang. and that's true for any art that's true for any like any any anything. medium really yeah yeah you know well I was going to ask you Crass because you've done a lot in the last two years yeah uh, dude I'm super was, impressed with your, your work I, output I was going to ask you you know what what you had learned but you've just been dropping like knowledge bombs this whole time so if you want to if you want to add anything uh on that can we talk about uh do you know about the the game the first tree no david david welly's game that came out that's like not okay i'm gonna sound so stupid but i'm gonna take a shot that's not the fox game is it it's the fox game yes oh okay yep the game where it's a pretty much a, a narrative game, a, like an exploration narrative game, right? About like it's, a parallel like story, with kind of fox game. trying to find his cubs and all that fun stuff, right? Um, yeah. That game. So, so this is a completely. So, let's take the route of where Stardew Valley was, where it was just a guy working on a game, to David Werley, who was doing movie trailers and special effects for movies, and went, "I want to make games," and left that industry in Hollywood. Wow. To go make games. But he had no experience making games. So what did he do? Oh, he downloaded Unity. He downloaded Playmaker. He didn't know how to do coding. And he made a he made a game with visual scripting similar to Blueprint, Blueprints in Unreal, Unreal Engine 4, which now Bolt is free on Unity. So if anybody doesn't know how to do coding, Bolt's a completely amazing visual scripting uh, platform for free Dang. for everybody. Yeah. It's a $90 program. It's now free for everybody. It's fantastic. I love it. I love, love it. that Unity did that. Plus, the Unity's Learn Premium for free every, for everybody, too, now. Yeah. 
That is really cool. I was so excited when they opened it up for 90 days. Yeah. Well, no, no. Now it's free for everyone. Yeah, now it's free for everyone. Um, So, first tree, he only did the visual scripting and everything else was bought. He bought the assets and then he modified them. He bought the music. I remember reading that. He bought this. He bought that. And the game has like 3,000 reviews on Steam. And if you know anything at all about how Steam algorithm works for to figure out roughly how many sales exist, he did really well. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's really hard to get reviews on Steam. So when you get 2,600 reviews on Steam, you did pretty good. Well, it looked the game looks great, and I remember you know what was weird is like you said the title, and it's I've never played the game either. And I'm, and I'm just talking about, like, what I've been exposed to on Reddit or Twitter or whatever. Like, I never seeked it out. It just it comes across my, my... Yeah. He got good at Reddit. That's what he did. Like, yeah. there, he, yeah. has, he has videos on YouTube. He talks about he... He said, he said the key to marketing is you make things in your game before your game exists. Ooblitz did this yeah. as well. Right? Ooblitz yeah. is a game that came out recently and everyone it fell in love with it because it's freaking adorable and... And a really, really well-made game, basically, right? Um, and basically, those devs, they go, we want to make a GIF of this. Let's make a different scene real fast and make this GIF a possibility. And nothing else works in the game except for that darn GIF. And then we'll post it. <laughs> <laughs> and their trailer is a bunch of GIFs that got good responses on Reddit. Wow. <laughs> That's wild. That's, That's the amazing. same thing that the first tree guy did. He said he, he said when he made things, he made he made most of his gifts never made it to the actual game. The ones that did are in the trailer. And he said he did feedback fr- or he did submission Friday on Imgur every single Friday. He did screenshot Saturday on Reddit. He did something on something on some bunch of discords on Sunday every week. He posted new content. Wow. And he just he would make content over like one or two days and he'd have like 15 weeks, fifteen or 18 weeks of content done so he would be able to then post it. Wow. He just prepped stuff. Cool. It's, it's, and he, and first off, he's also a visual, he was a visual effects artist so he knows how to yeah. draw. He knows how, he knows what to look for when he's making trailers. Right? But he that's used a, market research cool, to make uh, good stuff. Yeah. That's a cool like juxtaposition of uh, Stardew Valley and and this one completely different yeah, yeah completely different yeah. dichotomy and he literally yeah. he, I mean he even credits he said he said he only credits himself in making the story really and doing some visual scripting but he doesn't credit himself at all for doing art or music or you know I mean sure he did took the art and modified it but he you know buy, you buy trees off Steam or direct buy trees off the asset store and then just modify them then yeah. now they're your trees but you don't have to worry about making trees from scratch that, that that's cool. an interesting question. I, I really like that. And yeah, that that's really awesome. And I and I wish I kind of knew more about that. I might have to look into it. But it, it brings up an interesting question for me. And I gotta kind of bring this in for a landing here soon. Yeah. But but um, you know, for example, there's there's this dude I, I I follow sometimes, and he got a lot of crap lately because he's a musician, he's a songwriter, producer, whatever, and uh, he. Uh, basically bought a song on Fiverr mm-hmm. and he posted an ad and all this stuff. And he, he bought like a guitar player to write him a riff. Then he bought like a drummer to make him a beat. He bought a singer to sing his lyrics, bought a bass player to give him a bass line. It cost him like 1500 bucks or something. It was all said and done. And he puts it up online and he makes like $15,000 or $12,000 or something like that. And people are like, but you didn't do anything. And he's like, oh, I did it all. I produced it. I'm not saying I played it. My credit isn't that I played it. <laughs> My credit isn't that I wrote the guitar yeah. part or that I wrote the drums. No, like I wrote the I lyrics and I paid people to play me a song. I mean, And, and it kind of that, like the, the, the experience of like the first tree, right? That's what it's called. Um, kind of sounds similar to that where it's like, you know your shortcomings, you know these things and you want to be involved in some sort of medium and you just go about it the way that makes sense to you and you know it's like it's kind of weird how many people detract from like detract from it in that way oh you didn't go about it the real way you didn't do like eric brown you know yeah not not that i don't i don't know if, if the dude that did first tree uh 
experience any of that or not but like we hear it and we're like man that's incredible like we understand like what goes into the effort into the work and we like kind of appreciate the alternative approach to it because at least in my mind i go oh dude doing it like that that opens it up to so many more people that want to get their yeah. toes wet in this you know like yeah let's get more visual effects people on board or let's just get the idea of people on board and they can buy these things from the asset store or from art hungry artists on reddit or whatever it might be it's like why do you got to do the work from start to finish does it make it any less valid Right. Totally. No, yeah, compositions are uh, compositions no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Crass, i got to bring this thing in for landing, but do you got anything else you want to talk about or drop or, or mention before we get to dropping our, 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 our links and things like that? Um, I mean, we can – can I plug these – can I plug, plug Stock plug Shop? Plug Dude, all of it. Plug it all, man. <laughs> this is your ship. You're captain right now. There's always, you know, store.steampower.com slash dev slash Static City Games for all the games. There's a nice. dedicated page for that. And it's staticcitygames.com as well, which is a terrible website. Um, if you need help, let me know. I do. Okay. Um, and then there's bit, bit.ly slash stop drop game. And that'll bring you right to the Edge page. I love it. It is the first result when you search Stop Drop on Itch. So. Yeah, well, it's the only game ever called Stop Drop. <laughs> oh, there Amazing. you go. I, I made sure. The weird thing is that like, I didn't know if it was going to be a common thing. Because, you know, you don't know. You're in your dream, oh, yeah. right? But when I searched it in real life, nothing returns for anywhere on Google. Nothing returns nice. for any. I was like, this is great. <laughs> Keep That's it going. Awesome. Yeah, it's meant to be at that point, yeah. Now, the, the yeah. hashtag on Twitter... Apparently, hashtag stop, drop, ampersand, roll is a thing, but ampersand roll doesn't get picked up in the, in the hashtag, so oh, everything gets dropped in the stop, drop. But yeah, nice. so I mean, it's well, been a lot well, of fun. I'm really uh, really excited for what's going to happen for the rest of this year. I can't wait. And We're looking at finishing yes. Chronicle and getting the full release around maybe like late August, early September. Awesome. That's great. Dude, well, congrats on, on everything. Uh, especially the fact that you're like investing in other people. I, I really appreciate that about, yeah, that's so cool. about your company. Um, and uh, thanks for being on, dude. It's been a lot of fun yeah. catching up with you. Guys, thanks for having me on it. What's yeah, that? You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait two years to like come back on. <laughs> yeah. Just let us know, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I actually we, need to thank you because you're the reason that Rhett and I have like, we wouldn't have podcasted probably for another like three months if you wouldn't have hit us up. <laughs> we have a whole list of like podcast topics and guests and stuff that we want to hit up and do all this sort of stuff. But it's, you know, it's like, you know, with the kids and all this sort of stuff and COVID, it's like, man, it's just, there's a lot going on. And sometimes it's easier to just let it slip not. by. <laughs> yeah. And not that, I don't think that I like letting it slip by I don't. more than, than I like actually doing it. You know, it's like, I love sitting down being able to talk to it. And it's like, we were talking about sort of the role of the podcast and stuff earlier, and I, and I think just like using it as a way to like signal boost like people that you know that I like and and people who are doing great work and people that are like elevating the scene. You know, that's what it's about for me. And if and if we can get you on again and and, and get people on like you again, like I'm, dude, I love I, I love talking with other devs and stuff like that. I've got a list of guys to be so, on with you for you. So I've got, I've got quite a list that I can I can drop for you guys to that would be oh, interesting. Yeah, to do dude, it. You, might, you might have to. Yeah. You might have to. But uh, yeah, man, don't 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 let two years go past without reaching out again. And yeah, no, that's not fair <laughs> to anybody, right? Or, I mean, shit. Same goes for us, though. We could probably hit you up before next time too. So I talk to Taylor every once in a while. Yeah, every, it's funny. Everyone's really good about talking to me, and I, I will definitely respond if you talk to me. But that doesn't mean I'll reach out. So I appreciate everyone who does reach out. Hey, it is what it is, right? I'm that way in real life, too. I talk to all of my friends. They don't talk to me. So. <laughs> all right, cool, man. wrap this up, dude. Hey, all right. thanks again for having me. Really appreciate it. Thanks, We appreciate guys. you, dude. Hey, anybody who wants to check out more Game Devs Quest stuff, you can hit us up, gamedevsquest.com. You can find us at Twitter, at gamedevsquest. Um and if you want to join our Discord, you can do so at bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. And if you're so inclined to kick us a few bucks, hey, we ain't asking for handouts. No, sir. You hop your ass on over to HumbleBundle.com. You can pick out one of your favorite bundles. Is it just bundles? You can probably even like buy stuff at the store. 
I don't know. I think you uh, can, But yeah. to use our affiliate link, it's bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble. And whatever you purchase within the next 24 hours of you clicking yes on that link, uh, you can set a little bit of it to go to us. And no, sir, it did not go into our pockets. It goes right back into the podcast, right back into the website, right back into keeping the lights on and making sure that uh, we can get people like Crass on to talk about their games. So go ahead and hit us up there. We appreciate y'all sticking with us and listening to us and coming back time and time again. Leave us a, a like and a review on your favorite podcast app of choice. And until next time, Thanks, uh, y'all. this is this is your episode of Game Devs Quest. Yo, cue that music. Cue that music. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> I know. Cue that music. <laughs>